you know, most embarrassed to say, but, you know, all my years of working at Phillips, like no one said, you know, you really ought to read Claude Hopkins. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey everybody, we're back with another exciting edition of the podcast and we have a very special guest today, one of the A-list copywriters in the entire world. She's uh, the first female to ever get a control at Boardroom and I'm really excited to talk to her about uh, the new things she's developing right now and as well as all her control busting secrets. Kim Schwamm, how are you? I'm doing great, David. Good to see you. Awesome. Awesome to have you on the show. So I guess the first thing we like to do usually is we like to sort of go back to how you got yourself wrapped up in all this mess, <laughs> your, uh, your superhero origin story, if you will, just sort of give us uh, what you were up to before you got involved in this and then up to the present, just as uh, however you want to tell it. Sure. Um, well, I always knew I wanted to get into marketing, but I, I kind of took a, some detours along the way and ended up uh, working at a, a health insurance company uh, pretty much right out of college. And I was actually in the actuarial department because I was a math major of all things. And finally got an opportunity to apply for a marketing job in a new uh, division or a newly created division of the company uh, that was, had always been there, had been this money losing dog, you know, with, uh, you know, being a nonprofit insurance company, they had to offer insurance to everybody, you know, even like the bad risk. Uh, but they brought this guy in who had a really strong direct marketing background, and he saw a huge opportunity, and he hired me. And you know, being such a small department, we you know I got to wear every sort of hat, you know, from building a marketing database to learning how to write copy. And we um, ended up within three years, we turned that into the most profitable division of the company, and actually split off into a for-profit subsidiary. So I got exposed to a whole uh, whole lot of direct marketing then. And then I, um, after uh, some other detours there, I ended up at Phillips Publishing, which uh, I don't know if you know of Phillips Publishing. It's no longer called that, but it, uh, for several years it was considered one of the you know direct marketing powerhouses, and it was a hundred million dollar uh, company just built on newsletters. You know, selling a very all sorts of niche-oriented newsletters and direct-to-consumer newsletters all had personalities or gurus behind them. So I got in there around the early 90s, and it was just when Alternative Health was taking off. They had launched a, a hugely successful newsletter at the right time um, that uh, quickly grew to more than 300,000 subscribers, partly due to uh, Clayton Makepeace writing a kick-ass uh, launch promo. And they brought me in uh, to help uh, scout out and you know market products via inserts to the back end because they knew there was like this you know huge audience that wanted to follow his advice to make a long story short after six months what we found is that they really wanted his vitamins and so I launched uh, a supplement subsidiary called healthy directions actually came up with the name wrote, wrote all the copy to launch it you know worked with a team of people uh, within three months we had a business within three years it was 23 million dollars in sales just going to the back end and so, you know, I, wow. so I've, so I've been in marketing jobs, I mean, you know, at least 13 years of marketing experience. I went a few other areas of the company, uh, but then I launched my first child and then I came back and uh, worked <laughs> another part of the company. But at that point I was really starting to think, you know, 
these copywriters have a pretty nice life. I mean, we were, you know, the company worked with the very best, you know, A-level copywriters back when, you know, Clayton Makepeace, Gary Bensavenga when he was writing, Jim Rutz when he was still alive. You know, and I actually worked with some people when they were up and coming writers like Paris Lampropolis and David. I know, kind of, it's wow. kind of funny to think they were up and coming. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, you know, I just, I remember having a conversation with my father. You know, I was like just a few months along in my pregnancy. And, and unfortunately, he was, uh, he had been diagnosed with, with cancer, which he ended up passing away a few months later. But he was like, you know, maybe you should think about giving that copywriting thing a try. And um, so I took the leap, and here I am, 19 years later. Wow, that is a great story. I really like that. And it's, fun, it's funny you mentioned that, uh, working alongside up-and-coming people uh, of the caliber that you mentioned. But, hey, like, like everybody and the people that listen to our show who are either already freelancers or, or jumping into that freelance career. Yeah. That should be good for them to hear. Cause oh, that's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, people, everybody started somewhere. Everybody starts somewhere. And, you know, one thing I learned early on, you know, especially like working at Phillips, is like even the successful copywriters will have promos they write that either don't work well or they don't, you know, they don't beat the control. I mean, you can only have one control typically, right? That's right. So, yeah. you know, people lose and it's okay. I mean, if, if no one bats a thousand. And so that made me not feel like I totally sucked, you know, when – um you know, I wrote, did perhaps something that didn't beat the control. I mean, you know, it happens. It happens to seasoned copywriters. Sometimes it has nothing to do with the copy, but sometimes it's just not the right approach. That's true. Now, you've become sort of renowned for beating uh, controls, and you were the first female to get uh, the control at Boardroom. Maybe tell us a bit about that and how exciting that was. must have been for you. Yeah. So, I mean... So, you know, I, I think I just told this story yesterday to somebody, but, you know, I left Phillips and I had a, you know, I already had established a good reputation within the company as being able to write copy. Um, but I had to work my way up to getting to the point that I could write the, you know, the, the more high dollar, you know, royalty potential promotions. I didn't just walk into that because I always had written shorter length promos. And, and it's actually something I highly recommend most people do. I mean, I think it's kind of unrealistic to think that you're going to go from, you know, not writing copy at all, or, you know, you know, and then just suddenly you're going to write this, like, you know, full, you know, full blown, you know, long form copy and expect to get royalties right out of the gate. I mean, that's, that's kind of a pipe dream, you know, um, kind of have to work. It's just like anything, you don't just get out of college and become like, you know, vice president, <laughs> you know? So, um, so the reality is even with my seasoned um, career, you know, at Phillips and my many successes, um, I had to figure out, well, how the heck do you do this long form copy? And, you know, there wasn't like an AWAI back then. And there wasn't, you know, people right. who would take me under their wing and coach me or, you know. So, you know, I had to just kind of figure it out. And I had so I had plenty of work right out of the gate, you know, doing a lot of short copy renewals, you know, you name it. I did a lot of work for my former employer. employer. And um, finally, I got a chance with working with KCI, which was a big um, publisher of financial investment newsletters. I'd written some very successful um, renewal campaigns and other types of back-end campaigns. So they gave me a whack at writing a promo. And I know you're asking about Boardroom, but I'm going to get to that. Um, so, because it's funny, because I also knew Brian Kurtz from uh, Boardroom, you know, just when I worked at Phillips and I had run into him around that time at a conference and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm a copywriter now. And he's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever. You know, kind of, kind of brushed it off. And I was like, Oh, geez, you know, and, 
you know, it's already bad enough. Like I was at that awkward, like I was pregnant with my second child and I was like maybe four months along. So it's kind of like, well, is she pregnant or is she fat? You know, you just kind of be, you know, and then the guy's kind of like, yeah, whatever. You're, you're feeling like big, you know, big L on your forehead. Right. And, uh, so, um, anyway, my good friends at KCI said, Hey, let's give you a whack at, you know, our flagship newsletter, you know, writing a long form promo. So I'm like, cool, you know, let me give it a try. Of course, rookie mistake. I, I'm like, you know, I'm going to think outside the box and I've got this crazy, you know, it's going to be brilliant, right? Breakthrough idea. And I, uh, I convinced them to let me put like a big Godzilla, like right on the front cover with this, you know, the monster that ate the economy or something. And it actually didn't do terrible. I mean, I don't think it did very well. And it certainly did not beat the control. And guess who had the control right then? Jim Rutz had the control. He had a killer all oh, right? Jim Rutz had so, control. So um, I'm like, okay, well, you know, who beats wow. Jim Rutz, right, first time? So, like, six, seven months later, though, KCI said, hey, you know, we're going to give you another whack at this. So I'm like, okay, um, let's take a little more conservative approach here. You know, we can, like, look at, like, some of the other stuff that's working out there and none of that. So I ended up doing a, a more of, like, an issue log, and it was just, like, looks kind of like an issue. looks like valuable stuff. doesn't look like junk mail. Um, you know, but all, you know, it's all direct response copy. And, and then that package beat Jim Rutz. And I was like, yeah, that was, that was like my big thing. Right. So then, uh, the marketing director I worked with at KCI shortly after that went to a financial roundtable meeting where all the publishers and marketers meet up and, you know, trade secrets and stuff. And Brian Kurtz runs in and I was like, well, who's got your personal finance control? And he's like, well, Kim Krause Schwamm. And he's like, Brian could not call me fast enough. So he gets me dialed up on my cell phone and I'm like, who, you know, he's like, do you want to come work uh, right for boardroom? I'm like, sure. You know, finally. <laughs> and uh, so then I w that's when I got a chance to write uh, a promo for tax hotline and Paris Lampropolis had had the control for seven years and I beat that. And so I, that's how I got to be the first female uh, copywriter to get a boardroom control. But, it, you know, again, it's all stepladder approach. It's like you don't take that first job out of college thinking, okay, that's going to be the dream job. You're like, you know, what are those three or four things I need to do to get to that dream job, right? So, um, but, yeah, that's how I, you know, got to that point. That's very, that's very, uh, that's a very interesting story. And, boy, those are some legendary people that you put down along the way, so to well, speak. You know, there's so, we all write so many promos and, you know, and there, and there's, and I will say, I mean, I've had people now who say, yeah, I beat Kim Krause's control, you know, and, and that's, right. you know, and that's all good. And, you know, sometimes you beat it when they're fairly fresh and, you know, still mailing strong. Sometimes you beat them when they've been old and out there and fatigued, you know? Right, um, right. So, all the conditions, yeah. but yeah, but they are, you know, they're all, you know, all people, copywriters that I highly, highly respect and, uh, so it's just, it's nice. I, and people always like to focus on that, but, um, you know, I think, it, I think it is important for women to see that they can compete in, in this same arena. And there are many women who are right now. I mean, it's, yes, which is great. Yes. No, that is great. Now you sort of, you know, uh, stated that you didn't really have someone to take you under, uh, their wing and show you the ropes. Like a lot of people do have now. And of course there's people teaching copywriting all over the place now. Right. Probably, probably much too. <laughs> Those some people's demise in, in some cases. You know, for you, what sort of approach did you take to try to learn and get better? Like when you were just learning yourself, 
you tackle the old books, you wrote out stuff by hand, you know, some of these things that people say to do. What was your approach? Well, I, I didn't know about writing out things by hand. That probably would have been a pretty cool thing. I did study and read, you know, things that were in the mail. And back then when I got started, it was mostly direct mail. I mean, I did do some online things, but there wasn't anything like today, you know. Um, right, right. It was, I got myself on as many mailing lists as possible. And, and sometimes that just meant you had to order actually something through the mail. Like I would buy supplements, which was fine. Took a, always took a ton of supplements anyway. And uh, and so I would get, a, you know, like just love going out to my mailbox and just, ooh, look at all this stuff, you know. And I still have detailed files, you know, with all sorts of samples. But that, you know, that was always great. Like to see, okay, what's out there mailing? What's working? Reading it, studying it. You know, if I was writing a joint promo, you know, looking at getting some ideas, inspiration, you know, just, you know, just kind of learn. You know, I knew enough about it having, you know, all those years of marketing and then also, you know, working with writing copy and doing marketing at Phillips and at Healthy Directions. So I knew enough to like, oh, okay, like I get that now. Like I know why they're doing that on the front cover or whatever. So, you know, just you know, constantly looking at what was working. Um, the other thing, it, it, you know, most embarrassed to say, but, you know, in all my years of working at Phillips, like no one said, you know, you really ought to read Claude Hopkins. Uh, really? Uh, it's a thing called Claude Hopkins? So I literally, like, I think it was like the first week that I started my freelance career. I got, uh, and I still have it on my bookshelf, you know, scientific advertising and my life in advertising. And I read that and I was just like, wow, this just... Now I know why I've been doing what I've been doing. You know, I, I, now I can understand, you know, why this worked and that didn't work. And, and now, you know what I mean? It just, it was like, put it all together. And then um, one of my first clients, uh, he told me about Breakthrough Advertising by Gene Schwartz. Now, I had actually been in the room when Gene Schwartz um, visited Phillips Publishing. And I don't know if you've heard about this legendary talk that he gave. I think some people sell it, like, I don't know, for $1,000 now. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, seen it. I was actually in the room. Before smartphones, because I would have loved to have recorded it. Um, but there was only about 30 or 40 of us. And it was like, you know, all the people in marketing and management at Phillips. And, you know, Gene Schwartz came in and he spent this whole day, heard the Boot Montana story and the timer with the 33 minutes and all that stuff. If you've ever seen the Gene Schwartz uh, transcript. Um, so I knew who Gene Schwartz is. So my client was like, oh, this is a great book, but it's been out of print for a while. And. I mean, it was like selling for $997 online. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay that. So I literally took, and this is illegal. And I don't know, Brian, he, Brian Kurtz can shoot me or arrest me. But I took, I still have, like, I took the book and I literally photocopied every page. And and I still have it, you know, and I have like five or six copies now with the book, you know, just from going to different things. And, um, but I, when I, when I go to sit down to write copy and I want to refer to it, I love my marked up and post, you know, my little, my, my illegal copy, my bootleg copy of breakthrough advertising. So that's my, you know, I, I love that. So, so I, you know, there were some books that I just found incredibly valuable and just looking at the copy that was working. And then there were some few things that I did go to with, you know, I'd get a few things out of like some of the things through the direct marketing association on copywriting. Luckily, that's back when Herschel Gordon Lewis was teaching some of it, and he was an amazing person to learn from, you know, just early on, just some of the copy stuff and, you know, words. He's such a wordsmith. I mean, you know, he passed away last fall, as you yeah. may know. Um, but, you know, so, you know, that's how I learned. And then I did have a few people who were very generous um, that, you know, looked at my copy. Um, 
There was a guy, Bob Hutchinson, who looked at some copy that I wrote for a client and gave me some ideas for a new approach that ended up netting me a control that mailed for 10 plus years. Um, and then uh, Don Houtman, who uh, was, was wrote for Philips and other major companies. I'm sure he's retired by now. But a few times he looked at my promos and he always refused to take any money. So I would just ply him with, you know, nice food baskets and gifts and stuff like that. But um, you know, so some people did help out, but there wasn't, you know, like I said, there wasn't like mentoring programs or, you know, things that I knew about anyway. Oh, that's great. Now, that's a, you know, for people listening to this, that's an excellent, uh, those books you mentioned, of course, are the, uh, yes. the be all and end all yes. what people recommend. They're, they're amazing. I love the story <laughs> about you photocopying that. That's great. You know, now for you personally, did you... You know, talking about Gene Schwartz, he had that sort of rigid way of sitting down and setting the egg timer and doing all that kind of thing for 33 minutes and 33 seconds or whatever. Did you have a Did you have a structure to the way you approached it? Like, was it a daily sort of a slight edge thing where you went out every day, sort of you know keeping yourself fresh, or was it more of a haphazard all over the place? Um, I'd say it's somewhere in between. Uh, what I've found is I tend to have my most productive writing time in the morning. So that's why I tend to schedule things like this podcast or other meetings or calls in the afternoon. But I'm finding, too, sometimes, you know, afternoon can be really good. I mean, my life used to be a bit different. You know, I, I, one of the reasons I, beside, aside from loving copywriting and wanting the financial opportunity that it affords, um, you know, I got into this right around the time I started having kids. So I have and I always had childcare, you know, when they were younger or they did, you know, preschool and, and of course they did school. <laughs> I didn't homeschool them for crying out loud because I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, I, not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I mean, like, you know, you can't do two full-time jobs at once. Right. So, um, so my, my schedule was sometimes often dictated by my family responsibilities, you know, getting people up in the morning, getting them off to school, getting the dog walked, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Then I finally can get to my desk. I mean, if it was up to me, I would literally roll, if I could do it, I would roll out of bed. I'd probably just walk 20 feet to my upstairs, you know, spare bedroom office. And I would probably just start writing because I, I do just kind of wake up like in the morning. And if I could get up an hour or two earlier, I would do that, except I always stay up too late. So, you know, it's, it's so I would just say that it's, it's kind of has depended on, that but that's calmed down more in the last few few years because my oldest is off to college my my other child is a junior in high school and she's very independent except you know she still likes me to drive her to school um but we're working on that with the driver's license <laughs> yes i'll be and go right to the computer except for my dog she'll be looking at me like uh you, you're gonna walk me first you know <laughs> I mean, you know, depends on where people are in their lives and their careers. If you're just starting out, um, if you can work uh, or if you, you know, or don't mind the idea of working for somebody else, um, if you can work for, 
for a company that's like a powerhouse direct marketing company, you're going to you're going to just get paid to learn. You're going to learn so much. And when you leave, people are like, oh, you used to work at that company. Let me hire you, you know, because that's kind of the advantage I got coming out of Phillips Publishing and Healthy Directions was, wow, you know, A, I learned a ton. B, I had so many connections, mostly not even to the people outside the company that I dealt with, but the people in the company because they would know people who needed somebody and refer me or they would leave the company and go somewhere else and hire me, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that was huge. Um, now, I realize not everybody wants to do that, but I had one young man who was I was coaching who was helping me out and, and he was still living in his parents' basement and, you know, and very good copywriter, good potential. But I mean, I certainly couldn't spend full time trying to teach him, you know, everything that he needed to know. And I said, you know, maybe you might want to, you know, as much as I love working with you, maybe you want to look into one of these companies. So he ended up uh, getting a job up at Agora and he's learning a ton and he's getting paid to do it. And he's got his own place. He doesn't have to live with mom and dad anymore. It's all good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and his parents really ought to send me a thank you, thank you letter or something Let's like get thanks for getting basement. our kid out of our basement. I realize, you know, we're talking about freelancers who want to be successful. And, you know, there are many, many, many more resources now. Um, you know, there are courses you can take. I mean, I've heard the accelerated six-figure copywriting course from AWAI is pretty good. Um, I think there are a few others out there that people are coming out with. Um, but just being a good self, you, you don't necessarily have to spend several hundred dollars. I mean, and again, Several hundred dollars is not a huge investment, but when you think about the potential payback, but, you know, like I said, these books and studying what's out there and, you know, that can teach you a lot and then just start taking on some work. I mean, I personally never did spec work and I kind of, I don't really recommend it. I've yet to hear of like, well, I did spec and it worked out great. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's stories like that Um, and I'm sure I, you know. But it, to me, it's like, why would you give them give it away for free? I don't know. It's just like it kind of devalues you in the eye of somebody. So I would say, you know, even if it's local stuff, go to your local DMA chapter, you know, direct marketing association if you're in the U.S. Um, and I'm sure there's similar ones in Australia and other places. Um, and just network. Get some samples. Number one, get your samples, Right. It doesn't matter. People just want to see, have you actually written something before? And then you have something to show. So like one way that I broke into getting my first uh, long form uh, Magalog, you know, direct, you know, royalty type deal was um, I had one client who he actually wrote all his own stuff and he actually had, he'd studied under Ted Nicholas. I mean, he was, he was not a bad copywriter. And so he had a, um, an envelope package he was using. And so I said, you know, this really might work well as a Magalog and I can convert your copy and rework it and, you know, got all these ideas and we'll turn into a Magalog. And I just did it for a very low flat fee, you know, no royalty, but I got my sample, right. And it, and it actually did work better for him. But more importantly is I had a freaking printed Magalog sample. So then someone called me from a supplement company in Florida and he's like, Hey, you know, can I see your samples? And I, I had my one little lowly sample, but I sent it off. He hires me. I, you know, got three times as much for that job plus royalties. And this is one that ended up going on mailing for almost 10 years. I wrote a promo for him. And yeah, so, you know, again, stepladder approach. So if people want to get uh, in touch with you, you've got a, a lot of people, a lot of stuff to think about, I think. You know, further, uh, you know, 
mentioning the, the what, things I consider the absolute sort of fundamentals about working with clients and how to go about uh, advancing your copywriting career and your uh, excellent template, I would say, for people out there listening to this. How do people get a hold of you personally and how do these women out here uh, connect with you? And, and obviously the Girls Club is a good way. Okay, so... Um I have a website which I haven't updated in like seven years. Okay. That's <laughs> so what I was on, I think. Uh, <laughs> but it does have my background info and uh, my samples, and there's a way to contact me that way. Um, it's kimschwamm.com. It's K-I-M-S-C-H-W-A-L-M.com. And I also have like a little quick and dirty landing page I put up a few months back, um, and it's at themarketingsuperpower.com. And if you go there, um, I've got a free report, and it's for guys and gals. And you'll also get on my list. And then you also will get a, an email um, within a day or two um, that will, uh, for the women, you know, invite them to join the girls' club, uh, which is it'll have a direct link to the Facebook page. Awesome. Or you can go right to Facebook and you can uh, look for the Girls Club, uh, but just make sure you go to the right one because I'm not, there's some out there. I'm not quite sure what uh, what, what they're doing. Right. <laughs> what I mean. So, uh, uh, but it's the Girls Club Club is sort of the identifier um, on the Facebook page, and so. Uh, but I would recommend go to the Marketing You'll get a report called the A List Copywriters Manifesto: Seven Success Principles for Creating Winning Promotions. And it has a real nice boiled down template for, you know, everything that you should do um, when you are sitting down to create a new promotion. Awesome. Well, that's very good. Thanks. Thanks for that, Kim. You've uh, given us a lot to think about today and some excellent stories. And uh, I really want to thank you for coming on the show. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Dave. Everybody else listen to this, of course. That was very good. You should go back and listen to this at least twice, if not more, because some of the things you said in there are so important. And we'll be back with another exciting episode next week. And for people who want to get a hold of me, David Allen, go to MakeWordsPay.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.